Hey guys, Alexa Curtis here, and you're listening to This Is Life Unfiltered, my weekly podcast on entrepreneurship, social media, and getting out of your comfort zone. This week, I'm talking with Jen Proctor. She is the CEO and founder of the full-service talent consulting firm, Cultivated Entertainment. Before I get into it, I want to remind you guys to follow This Is Life Unfiltered on social media. Also, follow my co-host, Alex. She is back this week for another episode. You can follow her on social media at at Alips, and I will put all of this in the bio below. So Jen started Cultivated Entertainment, which if you guys aren't familiar with it, is a really successful company that represents a lot of different talent across the board. So we're going to talk with Jen about how she got her star as well as what advice she has for those of you who are looking to break out of your comfort zone and do something with your life that's different. So Jen, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Well, take us back to the beginning. How did you come up with Cultivated and what was your childhood like? Yeah, well, so I've I've always wanted to be in the entertainment industry. As a young girl, I was a singer and a dancer, and that was really all I knew was performing, and and I was just very fascinated with um, celebrity and entertainers and and the industry. And I came from a family, an agriculture family, like my family were farmers, so really had no connection to the industry other than like this deep-rooted part of my soul that I had no explanation as to why it was there. And so I had a little bit of a career as a singer when I was in college um, and, you know, recorded some albums and did some of that. And I don't want to, you know, I've got sort of screwed over for lack of a better term, but it just, you know, it didn't really work out, um, you know, as many people (laughs) trying to make it in the uh, music business, it doesn't work out. Um, But that led me down my career path, which was I wanted to be a good person in the entertainment industry because as a talent, I never felt like I really had that posse, that tribe of people that were good around me. So I went to college for broadcast journalism and thought maybe I would be a news reporter or a news anchor and, you know, similar, you know, you're kind of a performer, but I also love to read and write and know what was happening in the world and and in entertainment specifically. Um, And after college, I moved to New York and I got my first job. I worked at Fox for the creative director and there I learned like the insides and outsides of what goes into making a television show, like from the graphics to the music to the lighting to the set design to just all this stuff that when you're watching a show, you don't realize what goes into it. And I was there for about three years, and then I went over to agency land, um, and I worked at both ICM and CAA on the talent side and really learned, like, what it's like to be on a talent team and what things are appealing to talent and how deals get done and why a talent would want to do something versus another thing and just you know what's the difference between a manager and a publicist and an agent and um, so it was an incredible experience and then a mentor of mine at the time um, flew me back out to LA and gave me a job as head of talent on a daily show that he was doing um, called Home and Family it's still on the air it's on the Hallmark Channel And so I launched that show, you know, we found the host, we found the family members, and then we were booking like 40 to 50 guests a day. So that was, you know, a lot of celebrities, but then a lot of experts, you know, people that are like DIY crafters or fitness people or gardening people, like you name it, we brought them on the show. And I was overseeing a department of, I think five at the time, and just, you know, got thrown in and learned how to manage people and how to oversee a really, really immense volume of stuff. 
Um, and then after I was there for a couple of years, I left and then ultimately ended up at this production company, which is um, a Sony subsidiary called Embassy Row. And if you know the show, like Watch What Happens Live, that's probably their biggest show. Um, and I was the head of talent there. So I oversaw all of the development. Um, so that was like, you know, every show that was being created. Um, I was the one who sort of came uh, to it from the talent side and would come up with host suggestions or panelist suggestions or just kind of thinking about it from a different brain than the producers would. And then on the other side of that, I did all the booking for all the shows. So it was a really big job. I was there for almost three years and just sort of got to a point where I wanted to be able to choose what projects I said yes to and what projects I said no to. And I think that's like something very liberating that you reach a point in your career where you're like, just because someone's giving this to me doesn't mean that I have to do it. And whereas, you know, whereas in the role that you were in, it was kind of like, it was what was your path in terms of like what you had to move forward with. You didn't have that much flexibility. Well, yeah. When you're working for someone else, they're like, here's what you're working right. on. And it could, it, you know, you could love it or hate it, but like you have to work on it. It's your job. Right. And, you know, I really wanted the ability to say yes to something because it was a passion project mm -hmm. or also to say yes to something because it was a good payday, you know, um, and to be able to make those decisions, to be able to say no when I wanted to say no. Um, and so then, yeah, I started Cultivated Entertainment and haven't looked back since. So how did you decide to kind of give up on just solely doing entertainment? Because as going from the performer side to then doing more of the agent, like publicity side is different. But was there a part of you that ever wanted to just focus on kind of making yourself the talent and not doing for other people eventually? Um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Every once in a while I think like, oh, what if, you know? But I think that I've, I, you know, especially when it comes to music, um, I'm so passionate about it and it's really my happy place and there's no pressure around it. I'm not, I don't rely on music to make money. I don't rely on music to pay my bills. And so it truly remains like this incredible part of my heart and soul. Um, and I love being on the other side of it, you know, and I think I have a really unique lens and perspective from having been on that other side. And I think it makes me, gives me like a little bit of a step up, a different perspective than other people do. I think it's really fascinating for people who are so interested. I mean, everyone wants to work in entertainment and when you work in it, it's kind of the 1% and everyone's like, what is this? And what is this? So take us through like, what is a manager? What is a publicist? What is an agent for people who are listening and have no clue? Yeah. Um, so the manager oversees everything in the career. Um, you know, they're the ones who I guess sort of have that final say, so to speak, they're, they're the keeper of the keys. Um, and they, you know, financially, um, public persona, I mean, their job is to manage this person's career, the day-to-day -day business, the day-to-day -day ins and outs. Um, and, you know, depending on what aspect, you know, a music manager obviously is slightly different from an entertainment manager or a business manager, but but in general, it's it's overseeing all of the aspects of the career. An agent's job is to bring in the money, honey. So <laughs> that's really what literally the bottom line is is how agents operate. So they're the ones that are getting you the gigs. They're the ones that are you know submitting your application or your resume for X Y Z job. Um, and those lines between agent and manager sometimes can get blurred. And I think, you know, it's a really interesting time in the entertainment industry where a lot of the lines are getting a little bit blurred. Um, 
And then the publicists, their job is like the public persona. They're the ones who are booking you on morning talk shows. They're the ones who are getting you the cover of, you know, GQ. They're the ones who are booking you on podcasts. They're the ones who are helping you sort of shape like what the public perception, even though it could be, you know, who you really are, but they're the ones who are in charge of how the public views you. So for those looking to break into entertainment, would you say that the first thing you need to do, if you want to be, say, for example, a singer, like is the first thing you need to do, like get a manager and then get a publicist and then get an agent? Because I think people think that's what it is and it's not, that's not even 1% of it. Yeah. You know, I get asked this question actually quite a bit. I think it depends on the person. Um, I think this day and age, you know, with social media, you're able to build up your own following and you're able to build your own personal brand, um, you know, if you really put effort into it. And so that that's something that before social media, a publicist was really in charge of, was like building, you know, who you are for you. Um, but then at the same time, if, if you're if you're not, if you're still kind of, growing in your career, you may not be ready for a manager. You may not have enough work coming in. So it's, it really depends on the individual. You know, I think, I think definitely a manager because they, a manager can help with your PR. They can help bring in work for you. You know, a manager kind of dips their toes in, in various things sometimes. So if you had to choose one, I'd say that's probably the best one to start with and go from there. I want to switch gears a bit and go into college. And when you were studying broadcast, and then how did you get your first job? Internships, internships, internships. Um, after my my music stuff sort of ended, that was like right before my junior year um, in college. And I just every semester did a different internship. I did internships in magazines, in radio, in print, in television. I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about all the different aspects of the industry. And I think through that, you just learn, okay, I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. I really like this. I don't like this. And I think you also meet a lot of people along the way. And like, that's the best advice that I can give to anyone. You know, if you're in school or even if you're out of school, like get a paid internship, get in there, get your hands dirty and learn what, you know, an industry is about or a position is about. Um, and so through my internships, like each one kind of led to the next one in a way, you know, as a person that introduced me when the semester was over and I always worked very hard and, you know, had a great reputation. And my last internship was with Fox out here in LA. And so then when I moved to New York, I kind of like had a I didn't have an in, but, you know, they, hi, you know, I'm Jen, I had interned with Fox, it was sort of like a, my resume probably got to like a little bit higher on the stack than had I just been a random person, you know, sending my resume in. So, yeah, I think it's because of internships. Interesting that you said paid internships, because nowadays a lot of internships are unpaid. I remember I used to do so many unpaid internships, but do you think that, especially in entertainment, you should only take an internship that's paid? Like, What if you can't afford to do an unpaid one, but it's a great opportunity? What do you do? Well, I think if you're in school and you can get academic credit for it, then by all means do it. Because an internship, regardless if you're getting paid, you know, monetarily, you're, you're getting paid in so many ways, you know, so many like intangible ways through experience. Um, but I think once you graduate college and you're not able to get college credit legally, a lot of companies can't hire you just as an unpaid internship. They have to pay you. I know that, you know, through my own company and having interns. So, um, yeah, and 
you just you have to look at what is your financial situation and internships aren't usually full-time you know they're usually a couple days a week or maybe a little bit more if you want so you could still have a job you know maybe a part-time job and a part-time internship and you just have to it kind of depends on what your situation is in terms of entrepreneurship what was the moment that you realized you wanted to pursue your own company and start that because you left, you would have left all that stability, which is why so many people don't go on to become entrepreneurs is that fear is too strong. I know. Yeah. I think, I think it's really, I just, I did, I got to a point where I was just burnt out. You know, I, when you're good at your job and, and I'm the type of person that even if I'm not passionate about something, I'm always going to give it 110%. So in a way that like almost worked against me because it was like, well, let's just throw a little more on Jen and a little more on Jen. And I just got to the point where I'm like, holy cow, like I'm exhausted and I'm working so hard. I'm making the same amount of money, regardless if I'm doing five things or 500 things. And I knew, I just, I knew that I had the relationships. I believed in myself and I just took the leap. So did you kind of take any of the clients who you had met through your other companies you worked at? Or did you start fresh? Yeah. I mean, so essentially my old job became my first client. So I think I brought maybe four or five of the projects that I was working on you know, while being employed there over to my company. So, and that's the thing, like there was no bad blood. There was no, like, I still work with them to this day. It was just one of those things where like, they got it, like they knew. And it wasn't that they weren't going to be able to work with me. It wasn't that I wasn't going to give them the great quality of service that I had always been given, giving them. It was that I was able to, you know, maybe get paid <laughs> what I should be getting of paid course. for the project. And also get to say yes or no when I wanted to. And starting as an entrepreneur, what did you learn those first key months where you started Cultivated, looking back now? Yeah, I think you learn that nobody knows what the heck they're doing. You know, you can try to map it out. You can try to have all these goals and all these things and all these timelines. And yes, of course, always have those things in place. But I think in starting a business, the most important thing is like, you never know what every day is going to bring. And that's okay. And there is a new adventure every day. And you're like, what? I have to do this. I have to get this insurance. I have to change that. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing all the things. And you, you think you're prepared for it and you know, you aren't, but you figure it out. And, and I think that's what being an entrepreneur is always about. It's, it's a challenge. You know, if it wasn't a challenge, then we'd all be bored out of our minds. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, before I find it really interesting to always learn about people who initially started companies and then move out on their own and digress into the entrepreneurship world. But for those listeners who are listening who might not be super familiar with Cultivated, how would you describe what the company does, but also what you do? And then a follow-up question to that, who do you look for when you're hiring people? So what we do is we are essentially um, kind of a middleman, I guess. Um, the way that I describe our business is a wheel. So at the center of that wheel, the hub of the wheel is talent. So a lot of times that's celebrity, but it could be musician or athlete, or you know sometimes it could be a lawyer or a doctor, some kind of expert or an author. Like you know, there's a lot of different types of talent. You know, and I'm doing air quotes right now. Um, and then all of the spokes on the wheel are different services that we provide. So 
talent booking is a big, big part of it. So when you see morning shows or late night shows, like we're the people that like bring the celebrities onto the couch. Um, another part of it is development. So we'll get hired by, it could be a production company, it could be a brand, it could be um, an event, like, you know, someone that's throwing a party and they bring us on to consult and like help them figure out who needs to come to this, who needs to be a part of this. Like we really have our fingers on the pulse of like everything that's happening in talent and celebrity world. Um, and then the follow-up question was, who am I, what am I looking for in hiring? Well, um, it's been a really, really amazing year. I've made like five new hires in the last six months. Bravo. So had like really, really incredible growth. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the most important thing is that my team are like a family. And I think if you're going to be, uh, if you're going to own a business, I mean, at least for me, if, if I'm going to own a business, you know, and work with people every single day, they have to feel like family. I need to trust them. I need to, you know, be able to understand where, who they are and, and you know, what they come from and where they want to go. Um, and I think I'm always looking for someone that is willing to do anything. Like, I will get down and scrub the toilet. Not really, but, you know, I mean, I will, sure. <laughs> we don't scrub toilets in my in my business. But, like, you know, I think there's no task too small and there's no task too big. And, like, that's one thing that drives me nuts when someone feels too entitled. It's, like, you have to start somewhere. You have to learn. And, like, I have to understand the most basic parts of my company so that I can run it at the highest level. And I think vice versa. If somebody really wants to grow a career in my business or in this in this industry in general, you have to know all the teeny tiny little parts. You have to do the, the dumb, stupid things that nobody wants to do, but I guarantee you, you're learning more than you think you're learning. Agreed. That was a great question. And I find so many young people nowadays are, they just want to jump to the next step. I don't know if you notice this, but especially when hiring, every young person now under the age of 25 is like, within a month, they want like promotion, a million dollars, a million Instagram followers. I don't know what has changed. I mean, as you're like a little bit older than me. So what, what, what has changed this world that people are so obsessed now with success, yet they're not willing to put in any work to get there. They just expect it. I think there's, there's this instant gratification thing that's happened, I guess through social media. I don't know like what else to blame it on, but you know, it's like you post a photo and then you like get this response to it. And so it's like, our attention spans are so short, you know, we can no longer sit down and watch TV. We need like short content that's punchy and creative. And so I think like that's, you know, looking at it through the lens of entertainment. But I think when you when you're looking at it through the lens of someone's life and their work, it's the same thing. They're like, okay, I've done this for a few months, like I'm ready to go to the next thing. It's like, no, honey, like you have to put in the time. And when you put in the time, like everyone else is going to dissipate and you're going to be that person left that's like ready to take it to the next level. Social media probably wasn't as big as well when you were in college. No. When I was in college, um, I had been on Facebook. Um, I don't know. It, it, was that like MySpace. Oh, shoot. No. AOL. Huh? Tom? What's, who's the guy? Isn't it Ben? Tom. Who's Tom. Okay. Thank you. I will say that <laughs> When I was in college, uh, we had Tom on Facebook, and it was just for your inner um, college network. It's so, like mm -hmm. I couldn't be friends with someone from another school. It was only like that's why Facebook was created for colleges. Instagram was not a thing until like after I was out of college. Um, so I really didn't get into Instagram until I don't, honestly, I feel like the last 
five, six, seven years, you know, posting like stupid things like, a, you know, I have a personal page, which is mostly dogs and, you know, baby photos and family and all that stuff. But then on the business side, you know, I've learned a lot about, you know, what it means to have a brand and you've got to post every day and these are the times that you post and you have to give your people the content that they want to help grow your audience. As someone who's worked around talent and A-list celebrities for most of your life slash career, has social media made a more positive gateway into like the average person getting into entertainment versus having to go the traditional way where they like work their ass off for 25 years and then get a manager and like book one show? Has social media made it easier or harder? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, I think like with anything, there's a bit of a pendulum swing. I think, you know, five, six, seven years ago when YouTube was like really like these big YouTube stars, like now there's thousands of them. But, you know, a few years back, there was, you know, maybe the top 20 and everybody knew who they were and they had millions and millions, if not billions of views. Um, So I think in that moment, yeah, those people were really interesting, but from a traditional television standpoint, like they didn't really know how do those like, how do we cross the aisle between these people that are like creating these very fun digital pieces and how does that translate into traditional television or traditional media? Um, But I will say like as someone who, you know, is quote scouting talent all the time, I mean, followers are a big thing. You know, if they're, if they're, if people, if you have a following, obviously like you're going to sell something or you're going to be good at, you're good at something because people enjoy watching you and they keep liking your stuff and they keep engaging with you. Um, so it's definitely an interesting filter. Like, you know, I'm always checking out like, well, what's happening on their social media and what are they into and try to get a glimpse of their personality. Whereas like before talent would have to make like a reel, you'd have to pay, you'd have to like go to a place and pay to get a reel made and have someone edit it together. And now you can just like make it on your phone. It's crazy. It's kind of insane how times have changed like that, especially in entertainment now. I mean, I know people who are in the modeling like part side of the industry and you have to now write how many followers you have. But do you think that that in itself takes away from people who might not have millions of followers but are very talented because they are now not as important or special as the person with a million followers? Well, um, I mean, I don't know if I would say that it takes away but I think that if that's what you want to do, then having a social media following is essentially part of your job now. You know, I think gone are the days when you're just going to, you know, yeah, but I'm, you know, but I'm talented and just submit your photo. It's like, that is part of it. Mm-hmm. Like if, you know, it's like get on board or you're, you're going to miss the train. Yeah. You know, what are some things I'm curious that happen behind the scenes that people don't see? Because you really are the middleman and you do and wear so many hats, like especially when it comes to working with these huge, talented stars. Like what is one really good thing you've seen or experienced and maybe one not so good thing you've seen and experienced over the years? Yeah, I mean, overall, I will say that celebrities, like this sounds so trite, but they're just like us. They're normal people. They have families. They have kids. They're running late. They're running early. They have stuff that they have to do. They'll have a pimple on their face. Like, you know, and I think that's one thing that I don't really get jaded. Um, because really when you, when you meet them and you spend time, like they really are just like you and I, I really, I've, I've never, you know, knock on wood. I I've never had an experience. that was like, 
the just a terrible experience. But I think a lot of that is how I approach relationships and how I approach talent. And if someone's having a bad day or someone's unhappy with something that's going on in a situation, I come in and I fix it and, um, you know, and always make sure that they're happy. Mm -hmm. You as an individual, aside from the company that you've built, what don't people know about you? Flash, what do you like to do when you're not working? Because running, especially a company, any company in entertainment takes up like 99.999% of your time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think that's the thing is, um, you know, people always talk about work-life balance. And we talk a lot about that on my podcast. And it's like, I don't even know if such a thing really exists all the time. I think some days you're going to be like nose deep in work because you've got a deadline or a project. And then I think other days you're going to, go spend the day with your family or, you know, go lay at the beach. And I think for me, you know, it's, I've been building and building and building and building and like, I'm not stopping. We're still building, but I think I'm like, whew, man. Okay. Little breather. Like, um, and also because I built up this team, it's like, I have these incredible people that are part of my team. So it's like, we're all working. And so the workload and the amount of things that we can do, um, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's five, 10 times what I was able to do on my own when I started. Um, so I don't know. I think about me, like I am probably one of the most positive people you've ever met. I think that, um, that's like the only way to live. You know, I think everyone has bad days, but I think, um, just being a grouchy, grumpy person is just not going to get you Mm -hmm. anywhere. Like nobody wants that. Nobody wants to be around that. Um, and I think that, I mean, I work harder than anyone you've ever met. And I think, um, yeah, I think if people like see me, they'll, they'll think one thing and then like you get to know me and I'm actually just like super friendly and compassionate. And like, I truly care about the people that I'm working with, like both, um, on the client side and on the employee side. When you started Cultivated, what was your vision for the brand? Like, what did you really want out of it in five years, for example? I wanted to, and it's what we're doing, which is really exciting, um, to create a, 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 I wanted to create a place that doesn't exist. I think there are companies that do certain aspects of what we do, um, but they're very old school. And I think the way that we operate is very new school. Um, and you know, we're the people that you, you know, will work our butts off for you, but then you'll like want to go and have a drink with us, or you'll want to go on a vacation with us. Um, and that's really, truly like what I'm continuing to, to strive for as, as I continue to build the business. Totally. Yeah. Inspiring for anyone listening as well, who just doesn't know whether or not to go to college or take a gap year and wants to work in entertainment. Is that crucial to working in entertainment, going to college or no? And not to be like an influencer, to like actually do something like you've done. I think like it's 2019, you got to go to college. You know, I think that, um, you know, as, as invaluable sometimes as it can seem when you're in it, I think that you learn so much about a person. I think it's about who you are as a person. I think it's this really cool kind of transition period from, you know, living with your parents or wherever you're growing up to then being out in the big bad world. Um, and I think, you know, looking back, like I learned a lot about myself and my abilities and my capabilities and, and, you know, setting goals and having deadlines and, uh, just a different type of responsibility than you had when growing up. Um, and also, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a college education. I think it's just, if you have the opportunity to, to, to get it, um, and 
and to pay for it, you know, whether on your on your own or, or through help, then you should absolutely do it. To bring a little bit of perspective into the thing, the concept that things don't happen necessarily overnight for most people, what year did you start Cultivated? So I started Cultivated in 2000, what are we, six, the end of 2016. And you had been working in entertainment at that point for how many years? Um, I had been working in the entertainment industry um, career-wise for nine years, um, but then, you know, internships and stuff before that. So do you think that things are meant to happen overnight? For those kids who are listening, who are like, it's not happening. I've been posting Instagram pictures every day and I'm not viral. No, I think, you know, this is like, it's one of the, it's hard, you know, and, and looking back, I mean, there were moments where I was that person was like, God, I don't understand. Like, why can't I get to that next step? Or why can't I, you know, make this much more money on my paycheck? But looking back, I would not have changed anything that I did and every little turn in the road and every little choice that I made and job that I took or didn't take led me to where I am today. And I don't think anything good happens overnight. I think anything good is going to take time. It's like a flower. It's going to like slowly bloom. And then when it blooms, you're like, holy cow, this is amazing. Agreed. You must've also dealt with some rejection from the beginning when you were singing to now. How did you ever deal with the rejection when it was happening? Yeah. Well, I think that, um, Again, that's another one of those things like when it's happening, it seems like the worst thing in the world, but I truly believe that everything happens for a reason and there's a lesson to be learned from everything. And so sometimes you may not be able to see it in that very moment, but maybe it's a week later or a month later or a decade later, you're going to look back and think that is exactly why that happened the way that that happened. Um, and you just have to trust that and you have to just be honest with yourself and be a good person and know that like if an opportunity doesn't present itself or if something you really, really want doesn't come to fruition, then maybe it's not meant to be. But but know that everything happens for a reason. So what's the end goal with Cultivated? Where would you like to see the company in like five or ten years? Yeah. Um, so we're expanding New York. We have a, a New York uh, office now. Um, and that's a, that's a big priority for me over the next year or two is like really growing that out in a way that LA is growing out and then expanding internationally. Like we've done, um, work in Australia. Um, and so, you know, thinking about, okay, do we have a branch down in Australia? Like, do we actually hire people or do we just continue to, you know, do work and consult with Australian companies? Same thing with, you know, in Europe, I mean, all over the world, people love celebrity. And so it's, you know, it's, it's really exciting. I don't, I mean, I don't have every little thing mapped out. I just know that I want to continue growing. I want to continue to have happiness for me and everyone that works with me and like, you know, be able to provide the life, um, that we want to live. Have you, have you had a favorite project or a moment where you've accepted a client or taken on a certain event and been like, ah, I've finally, you know, I've made it. Like, I feel so at peace with where I'm at. Yeah, I think I have a lot of those. I think I have a lot of those moments. There's not like one specific that comes to mind, but I think there's like, you know, the opportunity to work uh, with someone like LeBron James on a series, you know, that, that he would, that like was his passion project and to have everybody be so excited about it and willing and wanting to do it, you know, little, little moments like that. Um, or just working with like really creative, incredible people. And you're just sitting in a room with these people thinking like, holy cow, these people are so funny and so talented and so smart. And I'm in this room as one of those with them. 
And yes, you just, you know, I try to like pinch myself every day. And I think that's how it always should be. So cute. I can totally relate to that. Let me ask you one last question, unless you had any more. Is it 100% luck or 99% hard work and 1% luck Mm. to get to success? I think it's hard work. I think it's, if, if you are not working hard, then I think also you don't appreciate where you end up. And I think as long as you pour your blood, sweat, and tears into whatever it is that you do, wherever you end up, it's going to have been worth it because you, you really put yourself into it. And like, you know, yeah, luck is luck, but like you, you have to work hard. Otherwise opportunities won't present themselves. Well, Jen, you are an incredible CEO and entrepreneur. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast. Where can everyone find you and Cultivated on social media? Yeah. Um, so you can find us on Instagram at Cultivated Entertainment. Um, you can listen to my podcast at Cultivated or at Cultivated. <laughs> it all sounds the same. Yeah, it does. I know. So I'm the same. I know. There's a lot of cultivation going yeah. on here, guys. <laughs> uh, no, my podcast is called Cultivated Conversations. Um And yeah, you can send us an email, hello at cultivated ENT. Um, My Instagram is at A-L-L-I-P-S. And you guys can follow the podcast on social media at at T-I-L-U podcast and my personal social media, which is at at Alexa underscore Curtis. I will write a follow-up to this podcast episode at lifeunfilteredalexa.com so you can learn more about Jen and Cultivated Entertainment right on the website following listening to this episode. And make sure you guys live life unfiltered for the rest of this week and your lives. And I'll see you guys (laughs) next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.